personalization is not as key. If you can find something that's relevant to someone, that is so much more important. That is so much more important. That is so much more important. 90% conversational marketing. Uh, the marketing automation discussion. This is the marketing automation discussion where I, Alex Glenn, look out for valuable sales and marketing technology and processes to help you scale your business. Today, I am excited to have Max Outchiller on the show to discuss omnichannel and other key trends to watch, a lead qualification process, when you should hire that first inside salesperson, and of course, what really works in sales outreach. Who is Max Outchiller? Max is an author, an investor, he's a marketer, he's a sales whiz, and he's the founder of saleshacker.com, which was recently acquired by outreach.io where Max is now the VP of marketing. Max has written two books, Hacking Sales, the playbook for building a high-velocity sales machine, and Career Hacking for Millennials, How I Built a Career My Way and How. He's been featured in Forbes, Inc. Magazine, the Harvard Business Review, and many more. I am thrilled to have Max on today. As mentioned, Max is leading marketing efforts for Outreach.io, which acquired saleshacker.com this summer for an undisclosed amount, furthering its capabilities to leverage data, enable their customers to become better salespeople, and gain access to a captive audience. Saleshacker.com receives upwards of 200,000 monthly unique visitors who are all seeking the latest sales tactics. Welcome, Max Outchiller. Yeah, so Max Outchiller here, CEO of Sales Hacker, now also the VP of Marketing at Outreach.io, the leading sales engagement platform. Was running Sales Hacker for about five years, built a media company geared towards B2B salespeople, mainly in tech, now starting to branch outside of, of just a tech audience. We've got about 90,000 subscribers, uh, 250,000 monthly visitors uh, come to Sales Hacker to learn about the best practices in modern B2B sales. So it's been a lot of fun. I've, I've been marketing to salespeople, you know, for about 120 different vendors have paid us to get in front of our audience and help them figure out how to market to salespeople. And so it was a logical fit to pair our ability to market to salespeople and our understanding of salespeople and how they act and, you know, how they can consume content and, you know, building the community, pairing that with the leading sales engagement platform and one of the most amazing companies and, and, and sets of founders that I've had the pleasure of, of working with. Max, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm thrilled to have you on today because of your background, because of what you're doing today. You've done so much in this industry and for this industry, and you are just as much a product guy as you are a marketing guy. You're on with outreach now, but you've done just about everything, scaled a bunch of businesses, done e-products, done physical products, and all of those, you've had to do outreach campaigns, had to do cold outreach, obviously. You've had to do some telemarketing and uh, you understand what it takes and what touch points are involved. So this is a perfect opportunity for us to talk about those. So with relation to sales outreach, let's talk pretty high level about what's going on. What are some best practices? What are, what are some of the things you see that you want to talk about today? Yeah. So recently we polled our sales hacker audience and we had support from the Modern Sales Pros, which is a Google group for sales operations um, leaders and the Bridge Group, which is a um, research advisory and consulting firm for not only hyper growth tech companies, but I think all companies focused on on sales and marketing and customer success. And we pulled our audience, and we got I think it was 884 responses about how people like to buy, how modern buyers like to be sold to, 
And the results from this were really interesting because we figured out, you know, from real raw data, how people really like to raise their hand and say, okay, this is what's interesting. We could sit here and say all, all day and debate on LinkedIn that cold calling is dead or social selling is social selling is the hottest trend or people don't listen to voicemails. People do listen to voicemails. People don't respond to text messages. Text messages are, you know, rude to send somebody in a sales process. We can sit here and, and go back and forth all day on our hunches or whatever, but now we actually have data uh, that says it. So some of the things that we've been thinking about lately are, all right, as a sales engagement platform and, you know, even as a sales community, there are so many different sales vendors now that help you better than ever before, reach and target your buyer in a way that they're going to respect. They're going to react in a positive manner. You know, right? If you're if you're only detecting reply rates when you're using a product like Outreach and you're counting those as wins, what about the negative replies? Like you can get a really easy negative reply if you call someone something discriminatory or, you know, completely awkward or rude in the subject line, you'll probably get a lot more replies. So is that a winning template? No. So really just figuring out like, what are, what are the winners and, and what are the losers? And so we did this buyer engagement survey and you can find that at sales hacker slash buyer, but, and I'm sure you'll have this in the show notes, but we talked about how people liked to be sold to what were their preferred methods of communication. And we broke it out by age and, and company size and title and seniority and, you know, some of the questions that I wanted to understand the answer to were, do people still check voicemails? So I don't check voicemails anymore. Do you check your voicemail? I specifically say, text me. Yeah. I say, Max Ashley, please text me or email me at this email address. I do not check my voicemail. But older generations still check their voicemails. So, you know, if you're, if you are cold calling and leaving a voicemail, maybe it's not worth it to do for millennials. Maybe it's worth it to do for older generations. So if you're on LinkedIn, can you look at like where the person went to college and what years they were in college or when they started in the workforce and figure out if this is going to be somebody that checks their voicemail or not. Another interesting piece of that is, you know, when you're talking about omni-channel outreach and, and where we're at with the trends, it's no longer enough to just call somebody or just email somebody. It has to all connect. So if you call somebody, leave a voicemail, send an email that, that you know, mentions the fact that you left a voicemail, then connect with them on LinkedIn, shoot them a LinkedIn message, then you know send them a one-to-one -one personalized video through email, and then uh, send them a piece of direct mail. You got a much higher chance of success of connecting with someone than if you just sit there and cold call them twelve times. Because you might either hit on a method that they like to you know do business in, or they'll all connect for a way to to, to really like get in front of that person. So for example, another thing that we talked about in this study was. Um, we broke it down by marketing, sales, executive, and operations. Now, if you think about how somebody, you know, selling to an operations or an IT professional, if you think about how that person works, they might be in front of two dual monitors all day. So how would you reach out to someone who sits in front of monitors all day? You wouldn't send them a text message. They're not out of pocket. They're not in their phone, right? Versus a salesperson or an executive who works out of their phone well, maybe a text message is the, is the way to go. You know, uh, maybe a someone who looks at screens all day really wants like a one to one personalized video. So certain things to think about when you're you're reaching out and, and um, you're you're you know building your ideal sequence and your touch points and and the different channels you're trying to approach with. I mean, there's so much other data we can go into, but you tell me, you know, what do you want to hear? 
Thank you for that, Max. I think the listeners of this show are very familiar with the latest and greatest tools and tactics and channels, but there remains a constant with what works in sales and what will work in five years. And it's not the latest tool. It's not whatever channel is the most active. What will continue to work is the process and the mentality and making sure you're doing things in the right order, in the right way. So why don't you talk to us about what's going to work in five years from now with relation to sales and marketing automation? I think you got to frame it a couple of different ways and there's, and there's like maybe building blocks of it. So there's process where you need supreme efficiency, no wasted motions. Uh, you know, that's an area that, that technology can definitely help. Uh, I, I am a firm believer that like every employee is doing 70, 70% of every employee's job can be like outsourced, automated, just completely scaled out of their hands. You're always striving to scale yourself. What are ways you can automate things that you're currently doing? What are things you can hand it off to people whose time is less valuable than yours? For example, if, if I'm doing something and it takes me three hours and I can pass it off to somebody else and it takes them six hours, but it's it costs me $4 an hour. Now I have to understand, you know, if what if I spent those three hours doing something else, can I make more than six times four? So $24, right? So that's like a no brainer. Yeah, I'll pass it off for, for 24 bucks. I know I can make that three hours more valuable. I know if I just took three hours worth of consulting calls, I can make a couple thousand bucks. Like this is just me personally speaking, but if I was a salesperson, same thing. What would I do if I had those three hours back? I could actually be doing selling activities instead of logging data or whatever else. Um, so what, what, what you really need to do is document your processes, figure out if there's a tool or a solution and what the cost is associated with that to scale yourself. And if there's not, figure out if there's a way you can automate it through a virtual assistant. Um, you know, somebody on Upwork, you know, from the Philippines, you know, is typically where I hire mine um, for about four bucks an hour and find find a way to build your process and scale yourself out of the minutia and only do selling activities. You should be wildly efficient there. Um, the second kind of pillar is, so that's maybe the science of sales and part of the science of sales. Obviously, obviously there's like AB testing, measurement metrics, all that kind of stuff that you have to track. Um, but that's the first step. Second step, you know, going back to the art of sales is just really understanding your, your ideal customer and what makes them tick. Like, what are the things that you can do that's going to be relevant to your ideal customer? How do you, first, how do you find your ideal customer? Second, what are the things that you can do? What are signals or triggers or things that your ideal customer cares about um, that would, you know, peel the layers of the onion back on whether they had a pain point or something? So what people like to use in the past has been BANT, budget, authority, need, and timing. You used to have to get on a phone call with somebody to understand if they had budget, if they were the right person to talk to and had the authority, if they had a need for the tool at the time or the solution at the time, and if it was the right timing. Now, with the internet the way it is and a lot of the technology the way that it is, um, with things like Owler and Crunchbase and you know Discover Org and uh, you know, even just looking up like um, public company K1 statements, you can find out almost all of Bant just looking on the internet. And like jumping ahead on the discovery call, um, or at least having a lot of the information you need to have on the discovery call, on the discovery call before you even get on it. So understanding how to use that, and then asking 
questions and creating a conversation around it. And uh, patience is the key in the in the sales process. You know, for the founders out there who haven't sold before, um, you're not trying to close the deal on the first phone call. It's the 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 objective is to get the next meeting, and um, just make sure you have that. So if you're if you're on the phone and you're impatient, you're trying to get a, a deal closed on the first call, you might blow it. But if you're on the call and you're asking questions and you're trying to uncover their issues, um, you earn the right to the next call. Make sure you set that call on the call that you're on right now. Set you know, make sure you get their calendar and you set it, and then you go from there. You know, it's you, you you're it's a you're building your case. It's not just a one one hit and go. And I think patience is really key, but so is persistence. And those things got to go hand in hand. I know it's funny to hear, but you have to be patient enough to understand that, you know, you're not going to close them on the first call. Um, persistent enough to make sure you get the next call and the next call and the next call. I'm just sitting here taking some amazing notes and I would boil it down to three areas that would be great next steps for any founders listening or any heads of sales listening. But um, if you haven't done it yet, process everything out. Make sure you're creating those diagrams. These are customer journeys. These are touch points. These are your cold out resequences. Make sure you're diagramming all of that out so you can visualize what's happening. Then you build your stack around that. So you may not have a, a cold call touch point. You may not have a telemarketing touch point, but uh, you have a lot of cold email going, or maybe you don't have cold email, but you have marketing email from warm leads coming in. Whatever that is, you want to build your sales stack and your marketing stack around that flow. Then you make sure everybody is aligned on process. When you get to the customer personas, when you start to look at how to optimize your funnel, how to optimize your sales calls, your messaging, all that stuff really boils down to what is that key customer persona, that single customer persona that you want to focus on. And you have a great article that you mentioned that references the acronym BANT. And so you can look at really what is that customer persona after and how to push that person through your funnel, what copy in the email, obviously what is going on in that person's life right then and there. And uh, you mentioned a couple really great sources to gather that information and then making sure that the sales team and the people behind this process know what to do. So on the call, make sure you're scheduling the follow-up call, make sure you're leveraging the tools. I think that's some, some great advice and we'll have to document all this out and we'll have an awesome article for everybody to read with all these links. So let's do this uh, while I got you, Max. Can we do a quick best practices session around outreach? Yeah, I think like the most important things are, you know, when you're selling, I don't think if, you're, if your deal size is less than 6K a year that you should have an inside salesperson. If it's less than 6K a year, you should probably have it fully automated through inbound, through your site, through demand gen. But if you do have inside sales and you are selling, you know, bigger deals, you need to have a sequence of calls, emails, all these touch points. So, and, and in that, you set up tasks. So for example, you might want to on day one, connect with someone on LinkedIn, write them a custom LinkedIn connection or note in the afternoon, call them, leave them a voicemail. Next day, email them, allude to the voicemail that you left them, you know, set up a task to like or comment on something on their Twitter, send them a one-to-one -one, one, one -to -one personalized video, send them direct mail. You can do all these different things. Give another phone call um, like four days later. You can do all these things over you know, a 14 day time period. So it's like nine touches in 14 days or whatever it is. Whatever you want to set up, there's a million different 
articles out there that you can reference that have people's ideal uh, sequence setups. Um, but it's just so important to be multi-channel right now. Uh, there are, the economy's really never been better. Um, there are a lot of businesses starting, you know, left and right every day. There's more saturation in your inbox and on your phone than ever before. You really have to cut through the noise. And the only way to do that is to, you know, make sure you're, you're finding the channels that people want to be contacted by and make sure you're persistent and getting in, in, in front of them in the right ways. So I'm a big believer in that omni-channel approach. I think like outreach is, is definitely the best in the business to be able to do that. I mean, you could send through link, you can send LinkedIn messages through the sequence inside of outreach. And then the other thing that's really awesome is it allows you to A-B test everything that you do. So if you're a, uh, a modern sales professional, you need to be A-B testing your subject lines, your content, inside the email, your call to action, and even your your sequence makeup, you know, and the and the schedule with which you're sending emails and 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 doing phone calls and all those different touch points, all needs to be tracked and measured. And it's just so powerful to be able to do that. Not just A/B testing subject lines and copy, but A/B testing the type of message that goes out. And more platforms are becoming better at this. You know, do you send a chat message when they're on your site, or do you do an internal notification to call that person? What happens on that phone call? Make sure you're measuring the effectiveness of a a cold call to someone while they're browsing your site versus just a soft touch of a push chat on your site or an email. That's awesome information. So multi-channel, making sure that you're leveraging all the social channels. This goes back to the buyer persona. So if that buyer is someone that would be on LinkedIn, definitely add a LinkedIn connection request and an add note to your multi-channel sequence. People are abusing LinkedIn in general, and I think people are getting pretty fed up with the amount of cold messaging that's going on on LinkedIn, not just the connection requests and the hi, how are you type stuff, but the sequences. What's your opinion in general on just LinkedIn outreach from a messaging sequence standpoint? I'm a big fan of LinkedIn, and right now, yeah, it's, uh, it's in the beginning stages of becoming saturated. And then it'll switch to something else. Once, uh, you know, it was phone, then it was email, and now it's LinkedIn. Then we'll go back to direct mail, start the whole cycle over again. That's just how it works. When something works for one person, you know, it gets out and then it it snowballs from there. So I'm a big fan of LinkedIn. I think like if you personalize the right things and if you do the right things like getting referrals from other people through LinkedIn, it's a, it's a great tool. If you're out there just like cold blasting people with like generic messages, then it's not so great. Relevance is key. Personalization is not as key. If you can find something that's relevant to someone, that is so much more important than find something that's personalized to them. Yeah. It's not always about just inserting all those dynamic custom fields. It's more about finding that common sense, relevant topic, something that they're interested in right then and there. Something add value to the sequence. You know, you're not just letting them know that you know they exist. They know that. But why are you going to add value to their day? You know, are you going to mention a news story? Are you going to mention something that's hyper relevant to them right now? I think that's a very good tip from Max. And then direct mail stuff, things are going to go in cycles. So, you know, ride the waves, don't abuse it. Keep best practices that Max mentioned in mind. Download the Ultimate Sales Engagement ebook, which we'll link to. Check out outreach.io. We'll have a link and some more information about that. Check out Sales Hacker. Get involved in Sales Hacker in any way you can. Go to the events. Sales Hacker assuredly has some resource on the site 
for you. Thank you, Max, for putting all this together. I mean, you've done a killer job on the content side of things and on the resource side of things. You've been so helpful to the industry at large. Thank you for taking the time today and I appreciate everything. Enjoy the rest of your day in New York. Can you tell everyone how to connect with you? I'm on LinkedIn. That's the best way to, to find me. Um, I also have a personal site, uh, maxalts.com, M-A-X-A-L-T-S.com. You can find both my books on there. Um, we have another book coming out soon on uh, sales engagement in March, but um, LinkedIn is the place to go. And then I'm also on Instagram, uh, hack it max. Awesome. I love it, Max. Thank you again for the time and we'll be in touch. Yep. Catch you soon. Bye-bye. 90% Conversational of the market. I think I'm joking. The marketing automation discussion.